0: Hello and welcome to Page One the Writers Podcast. I'm Marco.
1: I'm Tarek. And wait,
2: Tarek,
0: who's this? Oh that? it's Timmy!
1: <laughs>
2: I've a been released from the cupboard of dispatching page ones for a special <laughs> appearance on the page one podcast Tim
0: Tim is you may have heard if you've listened to the podcast before we have referred to the boss in quotes and Tim is that man
2: or legend I don't
0: the think, think we've we'll called you legend oh. the afraid.
1: man, the legend I the obviously boss. haven't
2: listened to all of them yet <laughs>
0: um, so yeah no uh, Tarek this is a one of a special series of episodes we've recorded at the Fringe with comedians to find out about their writing process for their stand-up shows. Um, and we recorded these at a variety of venues across Edinburgh. So the sound quality does vary at times. We, we sometimes recorded them at the venues themselves. But um, Tarek wasn't able to make all of the interviews. So Tim kindly agreed to step in
2: interviewer extraordinaire. Yes,
0: and I think, Tarek, you're out of
2: a job.
1: <laughs> I've been waiting 112 episodes for this <laughs> day. I'm finally free.
2: Well, you've not heard my ones yet, so we'll see We'll see how that goes. We'll see
0: how it goes <laughs> with the listeners.
2: But yeah,
0: um, so uh, we will get uh, straight into these special episodes. We're releasing uh, at least one a day this week. They're very short uh, episodes, but hopefully very interesting and funny, of course, and We'll play a quick advert for a writer's notebook And then we'll get straight
1: into the interview But for now, on with the podcast
2: See you later The blank page
0: To some it's terrifying, an obstacle to overcome But we prefer to think of it as an opportunity A blank canvas to be filled with all of the adventures and characters in our head So how to overcome that fear? Well we all know the best advice for a writer is Write Seriously, get words on the page and more will follow
1: But what about later, when you start trying to pull those threads of what you've written together? What about the character you wrote about way back at the start? Who was she again? What was she carrying? And where did she leave the MacGuffin that she now really needs in the third act? Think about all those top thrillers you like to read. Or that amazing drama you just watched. What did they all have in common? Structure and planning. screenplay, a comic or any other kind of story, we truly believe that when you use it, it will help you get to the main event, writing your story. So we hope this helps.
0: We can't wait to read what you come up with.
1: And remember, every story starts with page one.
0: Hi and welcome to this special episode of page one, the writer's podcast. I'm Marco. And I'm Tim. And we're joined today by Amy Gledhill.
3: Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, well, normally I start these podcasts by asking, did you always want to be a writer? But did you always want to get into comedy?
3: Oh, yeah, I did actually. Mm-hmm. I remember my mum and dad, the first year we had a VCR player, we had two, we had two VHSs. One was Aladdin, which was for me, and <laughs> one was Faulty Towers. Okay. And it was it was the it was three episodes on one VHS. And I remember not wanting to watch it, because it was about, my mum said, it's about a man who runs a hotel. I was like, that sounds boring. I didn't want to watch it. And then we sat down as a family and we watched it, and I remember seeing my mum and dad crying with laughter wow. and being like, ooh, <laughs> how would you make people do that? And I just became obsessed with Fawlty Towers as like a creepy little six-year-old kid <laughs> who's like quoting Basil Faulty. And um, yes, yeah, so I've always always really loved comedy but i didn't start doing stand-up um until many many years after i wanted to and i used to go to live local comedy nights Hmm. and uh and i started dating a really bad local comedian (laughs) and i'd go to his gigs with him and sort of sit there and be like "Mm, do you know what i reckon i could do this at least as good as him if not better, um, sorry if you're listening. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, he right. does not do it anymore. It was really bad then. Nobody misses that. <laughs> <laughs> Least of all him, I imagine. Um, so yes, yeah, so I went. I went to uni to do um, sort of performance and that sort of thing, and that obviously involves a lot of writing and devising and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But I never, I've never considered myself a writer, as in sitting down with a laptop and writing because I find that so daunting mm-hmm. and um, scary, but I know I have to do that. And I've, and I've been, my job for the last year has been like a script writer on, on a, like TV shows and stuff. And I know that I am technically a writer, but I still don't feel <laughs> like a writer at all. And if somebody ever asked what I do, I couldn't imagine saying, Oh, I'm a writer because yeah. I feel like it's this noble profession that is <laughs> sort of unattainable. And I, and it, but I, I sort of do with with comedy as well. I think it's very hard to self-declare that, oh, even though it is my job and it's the only thing I do to make money, I find it very difficult to say I'm a writer or I'm a stand-up comedian. Mm. Yeah,
0: but I mean, you say (laughs) say writing is a daunting, scary thing, but for most people, standing up on stage (laughs) (laughs) and telling jokes would be quite a daunting and scary thing. I, I mean, did you feel that the first time that you you went up there. Yeah.
3: to you know what I put it off for years because I was so scared of it I was so scared of it and the first gig I did I was living in Leeds and I did my first gig in Manchester so that nobody I knew would be there I didn't tell anyone I was doing it it was like I was having an affair I, like <laughs> off to a different city and then um, I kept my coat on the entire time because I thought if it goes really bad Or anyone gets angry. I don't know why I thought there was going to be angry. I was saying nothing controversial. (laughs) I was like, people get really angry, then I can just leave straight away and I've already got my coat on and that's fine. And I got up there and I was, I was kind of mortified because within like a minute, I was like, this is brilliant. And I was so gutted that I put it off for like 10 years of yeah. just looking, being like, oh, I'd love to try presumably that. Presumably
2: roasting as well with your coat on.
3: Sweating like you <laughs> wouldn't believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was really scary. But I think if anyone said, would you rather go onto a stage with 10,000 people with no material and just chat, or would you have a time limit to write a novel I would 100% choose the stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So while you don't class yourself as a writer, presumably you still have to put together a routine. So yes, like where yeah. where do you get your ideas and what like what do you start with? Do you start with like a story or a punchline? Yes,
3: yeah, so I always start with uh, which feels like it's cheating, but I just start with things that have actually happened. Mm-hmm. That's always a really yeah. good <laughs> that's always a really good starting <laughs> it's point. A good seed, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um and then I'll sort of bullet point the 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 like the story beats and be like, okay, so I need this bit of information and then I think this is really funny and I think this person's reaction is really funny so I'll put it into bullet points. Mm-hmm. Never full sentences because that feels like writing mm-hmm. and that's scary. <laughs> so I'll do bullet points and then I'll do it on stage and um, I think because of the adrenaline and I think you think quicker on stage mm-hmm. and you scrabble to find something funny. Yeah. So if you say something that you think is funny... And it gets no reaction. Your brain doesn't stop. Your brain goes, oh, like this. And you go, oh, and then you put a hat on. And you'll find something. Like, yeah. something will come. And I think um, I've just been diagnosed, like, two weeks ago with ADHD. And I think pretty much every comedian at the Fringe has it. Um, and one of the things that the doctor was saying is that, like... Uh, adrenaline and pressure can really help you focus. And without that, Uh I find it really difficult to do deadlines. And I find it really difficult to sit and write comedy. So I think I need to be on a stage with that pressure of people actually looking at me going go on then go on and then I can go okay I can focus just for this tiny little bit yeah Yeah.
0: and uh, but how did because as well as well as doing your solo show which we'll we'll talk about you're also one half of the delightful sausage yes (laughs) (laughs) first of all we'll pause where did that name come from
3: (laughs) Right, so we didn't think it would stick. We didn't think we'd be doing this. It was, we actually started it as a comedy night in Manchester and we're like, we need a name for it. And we just had breakfast. And one of us <laughs> said, God, that was a delightful sausage. And we're like, oh, that's a funny way to describe sausage. We're like, well, let's call it that. Did not think five years on it would be like our main revenue stream you know what I mean we're like oh we should have put more thought into that we thought it'd be like yeah just a couple of comedy nights <laughs> that nobody came to
0: so so you, so yeah so as well as doing that you do you do the delightful sausage where you're primarily that's more <laughs> yeah, collaborative yes um and again is that are you just batting ideas about or are you writing stuff down How so that, that work?
3: that's um I mean, we hate saying this, but that's like, we, we're we double acts, but we, we work in, um, it's not sketches, it's just one big narrative yeah. tale. And so that actually gets typed up into a script. Okay. And we deviate from that a lot, but there is an actual script there. And that's because my writing partner, Chris, uh, Chris Cantrell, he is the very opposite of me. So I, I struggle to sort of get stuff on paper. I like to be... Um, thinking of the bigger picture and how do the audience want to feel at this point, Chris? And Chris is very much about um, organisation, planning, detail. He likes, we have Google Docs for everything and they're beautifully formatted and everything's very formal, but because he's so that that end of the scale and I'm the other, we kind of meet in the middle and I think that's why it's... It works. It works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he'll be sat there with his laptop and he types everything out and sometimes... Um, When we're sort of writing together, I'm not even looking at a screen because as soon as I, (laughs) I sound terrible, but as soon as I see it, I think sometimes you can say something that's really funny. Mm -hmm. And then if you try and capture comedy in text without the intonation or... Mm, um the character that comes from it, it can look rubbish and then it puts me off and you think, well, that's not funny anymore. Now you've written <laughs> it down. But yeah, so we do end up we do end up with a s- proper script. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you was. Yeah, because we've been asking a couple of other people, that where do you think, um, you know, does the humour come from the writing and the performance? And it's really, I guess, a fusion of, of both of yeah. them, as you say. Yeah, so. yeah,
3: yeah. Yes, definitely. And uh, Chris's background is um, marketing. And my background is performance, so he he likes making each sentence as much as we can, as funny as possible. And then when we when we get the text up on its feet, it's like, well, how do you perform it? So it's mm-hmm. an yeah. extra layer of funny.
0: And and are you are <laughs> you so especially I suppose for for Edinburgh, are you testing these jokes out? Um, in smaller shows, testing parts of them, seeing what lands, seeing what doesn't, honing them.
3: Yeah. Like so for my solo show, that's really easy to do because mm-hmm. you can basically at a comedy night, you can do any segue. You can be like, "Oh, where are you from?" Southampton. Well, let me tell you about what happened. You know, you can you can segue into any material and just try out that little section. Yeah. But for the delightful sausage, we we can only because it's one narrative. Mm-hmm. We struggle to do any sections of it, because without context, it's mad even if you've got the context, but without the context, we can't really chunk it up and try it places. Mm -hmm. So we have to do uh, previews, where (laughs) it's so chaotic and shambolic, but you go, I think there's something in that general area. Mm -hmm. And then, because there's two of us, I think we can gauge what's funny, it's between us a bit more. Whereas when you're writing on your own, sometimes you, you really don't know mm. yeah. until you say it out loud to someone. You're like, "Oh no, that's awful!" Or, like, <laughs> of course that's not funny.
0: <laughs> but, but for your solo shows, then do you, uh, you know, if you've if you've if you've only got these bullet points or whatever uh, that you're working off, and then a lot of interaction with the audience and stuff, do you ever? Because we've spoken to some comedians and they say that they actually go back and they've listened to their shows mm. and they'll work out what landed, what didn't, yeah. and then. So do you do that as a...
3: Yes, I've just started doing that. I found it um, really off-putting and cringeworthy. I think listening to your own voice, especially with a Hull accent, is tricky. You're like, oh, (laughs) gosh, use a different vowel sound, (laughs) Amy, please. Um, But yes, I've I've just started doing that kind of recently, and it really helps because you you realise how much dead space there is in... Mm. Because I'm bullet pointing and Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact words that are going to come out. Sometimes there's a real big waffly bit to get to the point. And and you feel like, because your brain's working really fast, Mm -hmm. you feel like you're doing good stuff and then you listen back and there's just this nonsense part that you can just snip out and then get to that bit quicker and... The quicker you can do it, the better.
2: So is that a mental process, or do you then go back to the kind of writing, your bullet points, and maybe finesse them yes. as well? So it is. you are going back and forth to your yeah. original writing. Yeah. I know you don't like using that <laughs> term. <but laughs> I don't want to terrify
3: you. <laughs> I can't do the show. Yeah, I think no. I've written it. I think I've written it down. So you
2: are, yeah, you are. It's, it's, you're kind of not collaborating. Yeah, you are going, kind of going back and
0: forth yeah. to your original. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a much more analytical process than the punters think that we'd we'd imagine you know comedy often seems like a you know i think we've all got in our head that they've you know they've not just come on stage and just started speaking but (laughs) this idea of sort of listening back and tweaking things until Mm -hmm. they work and things like that isn't something that many people think about i don't think
3: i think it's a real combination of like uh just sheer like confidence and like all my favourite comedians are so confident and charming and they seem so effortless mm-hmm. and they feel like they're having fun and being spontaneous. But you know every syllable in that set <laughs> has been analysed and edited and poured over. And I think the real skill is having that like really formulaic clinical writing and then performing it like yeah. you just just falling out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah you're hiding the yeah
2: hiding all the work that you did before yeah 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 Yeah.
3: (laughs) and
0: and when you're interacting with the audience and things like that is that something that just comes naturally to you that you just quite enjoy doing it or have you got set bits for that sort of thing as well
3: um I no I don't have set bits for that again the the less I can prepare the happier I am (laughs) and I think as well uh it's sort of it In stand-up, if you're doing something that the audience knows genuinely happening right there in the room, you can be really not saying anything that funny at all. And they love it. (laughs) Just because it it, is, it's special and I'm exactly the same. If I'm in the audience and a comic's interacting with someone and they've dropped a a drink or something and you know that it's genuine they can say something that's like 5% funny and you're like this is a legend. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They're mean. a legend. It's, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I guess that's
2: the whole atmosphere of it. All. It kind yeah. of carries people along. So yeah. I guess on the on the kind of other side of that from from being a live performance, um, you've appeared in a variety of like TV shows. Like does does your preparation for that differ quite a lot then for your on stage work?
3: It does a little bit because you have to often send that over in advance to be checked by a legal team. So you do have to really, you have to write it down. <laughs> There's no That's getting it. around that. <laughs> you have to write it down and send it off. And um, yeah.
2: So how do you find that process then? If you're if you're not a fan of getting down and actually writing your jokes down, like how do you find that process?
3: Well, that bit's usually all right because the the writing inverted commas has been done. I'm just I'm almost like transcribing what I've done live a lot of times because it won't be new material, it'll it'll be like okay. stuff I've tried out in the clubs and done that, bullet points, saying it, going back, tweaking it, saying it, listening to it. And then when they're like, we need this as a as a bit of text, mm-hmm. my brain's already done all the writing. Right. that <laughs> yeah. it got, so, so, so I'm not, just yeah. transcribing, okay. really. Yeah. Um so I can handle that.
0: So you're not writing. Not writing. <laughs> yes. like you're still not writing. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, Obviously, you're at the you're at the princess this year. You've got two shows. Do you want do you want to tell us uh, about your your solo show?
3: Oh yes. So my solo show is called The Girl Before the Girl You Marry. And uh, it's about uh, a pattern in my life, which has been I date someone, we break up, and then they get married sort of instantly, <laughs> just like instantly. And I I was upset about it at first, but I've realised I think it's quite a skill that I can get these people really ready for marriage, not with me, but with somebody else, and that feels like it should be celebrated.
0: <laughs> and how how long in advance are you... For a show like that, which is an hour, I yeah. suppose, how long in advance are you preparing something
3: like that? Um, well, that's so. I've got some routines in there that I've, that I've been doing for you know a real long time. Yeah. Um, and luckily, some of the stuff that you do in the comedy clubs can you can just sort of slip that in if if it fits. Um, but you have to leave some of your club stuff behind because I think an audience knows when something's really shoehorned you like why are you telling us this <laughs> in such a slick way but why are you telling us this um so some of it I've been working on for a long time and then I try I would try and start writing inverted commas not writing in January but again because I think I don't know if it's ADHD or it's or whatever but I find it so difficult to <laughs> To do any work, (laughs) I just love procrastinating. Yeah, and so I really I put this off until oh I don't know maybe about eight weeks ago.
0: But it's always I think that's you know when you've got
2: that deadline looming, then suddenly you'll you'll have to do it. Yes. Well, like you said you you you're so much quicker reacting on stage with adrenaline pumping. So maybe that eight weeks you're like "Uh oh yeah you know you've run out of time to not do it anymore.
3: Yes, exactly. And as soon as you start seeing. Like your poster being designed, and you're like, "Oh, this is going to happen! Oh, right! I <laughs> guess I should do out. something." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Tickets have been sold. Right, yeah. I should. I should probably open that laptop. Go on then. <laughs> okay, let's give it a go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, for the listeners, where and when is your show on?
3: So it's on at uh, the Monkey Barrel, which is an amazing comedy venue, and I think pretty much everything on there is great this year. Um, and it's in the carnivore two. Room, and that's at three thirty PM. Excellent. It wouldn't be AM, but just to clarify, it's PM. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing it is this. Yeah. it Could
2: possibly be. It's <laughs> always a possibility. <laughs> no one would remember it, no. but it would be odd. <laughs> <laughs> and then the do you do oh yeah, so the final thing we've been asking everyone is, um, what is your worst or your best heckle?
3: Oh my gosh, I, I do talk about this in my show actually. So I talk about how uh, a gig in Wigan. I got to the stage and I knew it was going to be a bad gig because the first few rows were bald men with their arms folded, and like, and all of them were, and it looked like I'd opened a box of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so from the stage, and I was like, "All right, okay, this is going to be this is going to be a tricky gig." And um, I'm going to talk about how witty the the egg heckles usually are, and insightful, and you you know, you wonder if they're coming up with them on the spot or if they're writing them at home and like bringing them into the comedy club ready to shout at the comedians. And uh it's usually just things like tips <laughs> like, wow, where did you come up with that? Yeah, original. That's amazing. Yeah. Getting
2: the
3: leaf out over that what yeah. did I write? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what shall I go yeah. for today? <laughs> <laughs> so it's usually along them lines. And Charming. I'm very very charming yeah. eggs. Very charming <laughs> eggs. Um I'm not a a a, a nasty or I I don't mean nasty, but you know, like some comics are yeah. quite edgy and mm-hmm. they're and they're like sort of taunting the audience yeah. and stuff like that. And I I'm not like that. And uh the only time I'd ever done that was when I was quite When I was quite new, someone was like, if somebody says something to you, just tell them to shut up. If you're just a bit mean to them, everyone will respect you. This was like terrible advice from a comedian. but I was like, right, okay. And so I had that in my head and I was going to do a gig at the Newcastle stand, which is a brilliant club, but it was like quite a clubby night. And I was really nervous. And I just, again, had it in my head. They're going to heckle me. They're going to be angry. So I was sort of like ready for a fight going on stage. And I started my set and this guy on the front row said something and I was like what did you say to me shut up what and dealt with it totally badly and he said oh I was just saying I was having a really nice time <laughs> and I was like right yes thank you uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah there
0: you go <laughs> uh, well thanks very much for coming on that was great thank thanks for
3: having me